Welcome to the Foundations Church Podcast, where we exist to make Jesus famous. We hope this message is life-giving, encouraging, and challenges you in your walk with Christ. Jeremy Fisher. Uh, I'm one of Justin Graves' acolytes. Uh, I grew up in Justin's youth ministry, and so if you don't like the sermon today, you can blame him. Um, but yeah, I grew up here in Tulsa. I was a union grad. Uh, yeah, I'm not proud of it, all right? It took me a long time to get out of that high school, all right? Had to cheat off a lot of people. Uh, yeah, I was a union grad. Uh, I heard they're bringing Zingo. They're bringing bells back. Is that a thing? Okay, one person's excited, all right. One person lived in the hood with me growing up. Awesome, okay. Um, Yeah, man, it seems like there's just awesome things happening here at Foundations, awesome things happening in Tulsa. The Shekinah glory of God is in this place, is what I'm saying. It's awesome. Uh, Okay, so let's jump right in here today. You guys are stuck with me. Super excited to be here. I pastor a church just east of Dallas, and uh, although I'm a Texan now, I'm an Okie in my heart for forever, right? You can't, you can't, uh, I can't lose that. That's a part of me now. Um, so I pastor a church just east of Dallas. We planted last year. We've seen God's favor as well. Got, you know, 400-ish adults that are over there with us, another 100 kids. Just, we, we're feeling it too. God's doing something awesome over at our church. So thrilled to get to be here with you guys, standing in Justin's place here today. I'm not bringing anything new. Today, nothing that you haven't heard before. Every time you get the guest, guest preacher, you're like, oh man, you know, he's, he's going to be bringing the sugar stick, the fire, some crazy turn of phrase. Uh, no, not today. I'm going to tell you stuff you already know, but you, you really do, you need a reminder for it. I know that because I'm the pastor and I need a reminder for it. Uh, so today we're going to talk about the goat. Uh, you ever heard this before? Did your teenager bring this home like four or five years ago? Started talking about the goat. Um, when I say the goat, y'all know what I'm talking about when I say that? What does that mean? Yeah, the greatest of all time, right? So there's some things that when you hear it, you're like, that's the goat. Like you just know instinctively what it is. Now this is an all skate. Let's do this together, okay? Uh, When I say the greatest football player of all time, the goat is? Michael Jordan, wow. You know what? I take back everything I said about this church, okay? We got some problems here. Tom Brady, right? Like, there's there's not a lot of discussion. It's time. <laughs> Guys, we are one minute into this sermon. We are wheels off already. Justin, if you're watching online, get control of your people. Okay, it's Tom Brady. There's not a lot of discussion about that. I'm sorry. Okay, there is, there is, however, come back, come back. There is, however, some things that are the GOAT that there is some debate over. So here, this is an all skate. Let's do this together. Let's work it out, okay? Here's the, here's the two best-selling cereals of all time. Let me hear it for Team Honey Nut Cheerios. Where you at? Okay, yeah. Tell me you're 50 without telling me you're 50. Yeah. <laughs> Tell me your back hurts this morning without telling me your back hurts, right? We know, all right? Let me hear it for Team Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Yeah. Yeah, that one's a no-brainer, all right? If you like Honey Nut Cheerios, well, I hope they carry that in your retirement home. Okay, here we go. Second, here we go. The two greatest burger franchises ever. Wow. Show me on the doll where the Whataburger touched you. What in the world? What is wrong? Okay, here we go. Uh, let me hear it for Team Whataburger. It's pretty good. It's a pretty good burger. Okay, Team In-N-Out, where are you at? 
what? I'm, do they have an in and out in Tulsa? Relax, okay? Write your congressman or something. Good night. You better be this passionate when we start talking about Jesus is all I'm saying. Okay? Okay, here we go. Uh, now, there is, there is some hot debate here. I'm willing to, I'm willing to go and I'm willing to throw down for this one here. Two best-selling uh, chicken franchises here, okay? To me, there's one right answer, all right? You can boo me. I don't care. There is the Lord's chicken. Let me hear it. Let me hear it for Chick-fil-A, Team Chick-fil-A. Okay, you like a bunch of flavorless chicken, it's fine. Team Popeyes, where are you at? Yeah, there's not as many of us. We're not, some of us are not proud of it, it's fine. Um, the reason, l- let me tell you why I love Popeyes, okay? The flavor is amazing, okay? I, I'm, I'm, I've got Louisiana roots in some ways. My, my, my pops lives over there, travel to Louisiana every year. Love Louisiana, but my favorite part about Popeyes is when you go there, it's a bit of like a roulette situation, right? You never, they're never gonna get your order right, all right? And, and listen, they know better than you do. You know, if you order a 10-piece and you get strips or something, you get a three-piece, you take it. You don't say anything. Because my, my thought is, every time I go, is like, I feel like I'm either going to catch, like, salmonella from this place or maybe catch a bullet. Like, I just, <laughs> this is what it is, okay? All right, so, yeah, I'm Team Popeyes for sure. Okay, now, this one here, real, I'm just going to ahead of time say, relax, Okay. These are the two greatest basketball players of all time. Here they are, okay? You know them. There's, well, let me, let's just go ahead. I know you lived through the 90s. You watched Jordan play. You know all the things, okay? Team Michael Jordan, let's go. Now listen, before I ask this, put steel in your spine, okay? Just say it, all right? Team LeBron, where are you at? Wow. Not one person in the room? Wow, unreal. Okay, now before we get to this next one, all right, before we get to this next one, uh, there, there has, be, I feel like there's been some debate about this. To me, there's no debate, but there has been some debate about the, the greatest household pet of all time, okay? Let me just say this. Dogs are man's. Nailed it. Wow, we got a bunch of union grads in the room. Super smart. Second union joke so far. Just get ready. There's going to be a lot of them, all right? Um, okay, so you, you're super smart, okay? Dog's man's best friend. Okay, now the Bible said, this is not my opinion. This is the Bible. The Bible says that the devil prowls around like a roaring lion, and lions are in the feline family. What I'm saying is the devil is a cat. So let me hear it. Where are my dog lovers at? Okay, team cat, where are you? You can put that picture up, yeah. Yeah, okay, yeah, sure. Sure. If your neighbor cheered for cats, you just remember at the end we do invitation. You can come up with them. We we'll lay some hands on them or something. Yeah, there are some things. There is some debate when you talk about the goat, right? You're like, is it is it LeBron James? Is it Michael Jordan? Is it Popeyes? Is it Chick Fil A? But today I want to talk to you about something that has zero debate to it. He is the greatest of all time. Nobody's ever been like him. Nobody ever will be like him. He lived once, but he lived for eternity. He died and rose again. I'm talking about Jesus Christ this morning, right? Yeah. Now listen, you can clap. You can get excited. You can get all pumped up. We're talking about Jesus, right? 
But can we just be honest? Let's just let's bring this in here real quick. Do a little self-examination. I don't know what you think about Jesus. Imagine most of you here this morning think he is the Savior, think he is the Messiah that, that the Bible promises. There are some of you in here that are asking lots of questions, right? Perhaps Jesus was a, a good teacher. He's a moral teacher. Maybe he's somebody that was sent to teach his virtue, a holy man, a prophet. Uh, perhaps Jesus was a lunatic or a liar, There's all sorts of different opinions about Jesus, and like I said this morning, I don't have anything new to bring you. I just want to remind you about who this Jesus is. Like, I have the opportunity this week to speak. I was talking to Michael Ballard, and I was like, you know, dude, I have a bunch of sermons tucked away that I know are so helpful about how we live our life and things that would motivate you. But the truth is, aside from Easter, for some reason... I, we just, I feel like we don't spend enough time talking about Jesus, like the one that this is all about, right? So today we are just going to talk about this Savior. We're going to do it by kind of overviewing the book of Hebrews today. If you've ever read Hebrews, that's where we're going to be. We're going to skim over a couple chapters, learn a thing or two from it, because it's such an interesting snapshot in the life of the church. This is, so you, when you start the book of Hebrews, really cool, they didn't have a, like a Bible to reference, you know? The, the Hebrew church, when they start getting these letters that we assume were from the Apostle Paul, we don't know who the author is really, but they're chock full of theology and they point towards Jesus and, and just hugely like Christocentric. They're, they're all about Jesus. It's amazing. But when you read it, you get the sense that these people don't know a lot about who he is. And that's correct. They're working out their theology in real time. Like as they're getting these letters, they're reading this And they're orienting their life around who they believe Jesus to be. And that there is the most important question you will ever ask yourself. Who was Jesus Christ? If you figure that one out, your life will be oriented in a certain way. Perhaps, like for instance, uh, my roommate in college, best friend in the world, a guy named Scott Ramsey. Uh, Scotty may be watching here this morning, but Scotty's a great friend of mine. I love Scotty so much. We were both going to become pastors. Went to Oklahoma Baptist University. Go Bison. And, uh, and when we went to OBU, you know, the plan was you graduate in four years, but because I was a union grad, I stayed for five and a half. So on my second junior year, um, while we were there, Scotty had a crisis of faith. And I feel like the best of us get him. You know, it's just something you go through truly believe the unexamined faith isn't even worth believing. You know, people say just have blind faith. I think that's a terrible idea. I think you should ask tough questions. Yeah, that's good. And in fact, your faith, if it's real, and I submit that what the Bible says is, it can hold up to the tough questions, man. God's not, he doesn't need your help across the road like a little old lady. Like, he, he, he wants you to ask the questions. And so Scotty, on our second junior year, ends up having a bit of a crisis of faith. And he, uh, on our way to class one day, he says, Fish, man, I don't think... I don't think I believe anymore. I think I'm out. And so you fast forward now, I don't know, 15 years or something. We caught back up. I was uh, preaching at a church in Galveston. I drove through Austin, Texas, where Scott lives, picked him up. And on the drive, he, I asked him, I was like, dude, so what's the story now? Like, what do you, what do you believe? What's your religious beliefs now? And he, he gave me an answer. And so finally I, I asked him, I was like, well, what about Jesus? Like, do you ever figure out what you think about Jesus? And this was his answer. Um, He just said, well, you know, I think Jesus took advantage of the political climate at the time. And Jesus, um, he was a great teacher. He was a virtuous man. He was a moral man. But I, I, I think that he just took advantage of them looking for a savior. And I said, so you think Jesus was a good man? And he was like, oh, absolutely. I think he was a great man. Now, 
let me just say this, okay? I didn't press on this when we were in the car, but to me, that's just baloney, you know? That's just a bunch of boo-la-la, man, like that. What is that? Uh, because you really get three options when it comes to Jesus because of what he taught. And this isn't unique to Jesus. You do this all the time, okay? When somebody comes out and they claim that they are God, okay? David Koresh, uh, Mayor Baba, uh, Kanye West, okay? You, you get to determine, are they a liar? Are they off their rocker? Are they a lunatic? Or maybe, just maybe, they're the Lord. Great teacher. I was like, what a cop-out answer. Like, great teachers don't say things like, you need to eat my flesh and drink my blood. Like, to me, that's the start of a Netflix special, right? That's, that's the season two of Dahmer. Like, that, that's not good teacher. That's a lunatic, right? Like, if somebody, if, if you are a school teacher and you recommend your, your, te- your kids do this, <laughs> like, you're going to end up working for Jinx or something, you know? Like, that's, that's not good, okay? Ah, I love being from Oklahoma. I could just take all the shots. Like, I, I, don't, I can do it, you know? So listen, it, it's like you get 99% there, right? You can have a lot of the right answers. I believe Jesus was a, he's a great teacher. He was a, a virtuous man, a moral man. You can even say, I think, you know, the Muslim faith, he, I think he was sent by God. He's a prophet. All true, you know? But... There is a sneaky 1%. Like you get 99.999999% right, but if you miss that 0.1%, dude, you're sunk in terms of the way that Jesus taught. Right? If you miss out on Jesus being the son of God, well, <laughs> you missed it. You know? Like you went How many of you people know that you can be 99% certain, 99% right about something and end up being 100% wrong? How many of y'all know that here in there? So let, let me say, let, let, okay, let, little example here. This is great. I just saw the clock. We got to hurry. Okay, so my wife is a school teacher in Texas, and she has a, uh, she was hosting some kind of assignment thing for I Love Math Day, uh, which, can we just pause there for a second? Uh, like, will we just make anything a holiday? Have you ever opened your iPhone calendar and seen all the ridiculous holidays we have? Okay, so it's I Love Math Day in Forney ISD, and she's indoctrinating all her kids, brainwashing them on why they should love math. So she does this assignment where, um, you know, they, they, they take like a construction paper and they draw like fractions on it, and the fractions all have like thumbs up because we love math, right? And then there's like another, you know, another kid turns in a page that... Um, in, in big letters, um, it has like a big heart, and then in the middle it's got math, right? Because we love math. Well, then this one kid walks up to my wife. I mean, just he was 99% correct, all right? But that 0.1% is so important. I actually have a picture of his uh, assignment here. Here it is. I love math day. Uh, <laughs> I couldn't even make it through. I couldn't even make it to the punchline. <laughs> Like, so close, yet so far. The best part is that Savage still hung it up in her room. Like, I mean, you can be 99% certain about something and just completely miss it, dude. Totally miss it. You know, and the way Jesus taught, he tells us, like, abstention is not an option. Not, not choosing is choosing. You're, you're with me or you're for me. And I just wonder, for some of us, it's like you've you kind of been on sidelines for a little bit. 
listen, and I'm going to be clear here. I'm not talking to somebody that's not a Christian. I'm talking to somebody in here that's like, oh, yeah, you know, I believe Jesus is son of God. Your life doesn't look any different than somebody that's not here this morning. Like, you, if you're going to believe something, you orient your life around it. Like, I believe in gravity, you know, so I don't jump off high things because I believe in gravity, right? Like, my life is oriented around this fact. Some of y'all are just, I, I, and I'm, I'm speaking to myself here. Like, I make a thousand excuses on why I haven't changed. On what, on what, and what it comes down to is, is a matter of belief. Like, some of y'all here in this room, not to pick on my ladies or anything, but, you know, some of you, you got every excuse in the book on why you're not changing, right? You're like, well, just blame it on my sign. Like, I'm an asparagus. I can't help it, you know? Like, I just... <laughs> My zodiac, like, I don't know. You know, do you believe in Jesus or not? Because if you do, your life should look different. Your life should look way different. So the book of Hebrews opens up. It's going to tell us exactly who Jesus was. Most important question you'll ever ask, who was Jesus, says this. Long ago, at many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days, he spoke to us by his son, you know Jesus, the one he appointed as the heir of all things, through whom also he created the world. You know Jesus, the greatest of all time, Hebrews says. You know, I love this because we don't disagree. Churches, you know, they're, they're, churches are fractured over all sorts of dumb things, right? We fight about the carpet, fight about the colors, fight about sprinkle, dip, dunk, whatever. Like, we fight about the dumbest things. But what we are all in agreement over is that Jesus Christ lived a sinless life, died three days later, rose again, and holds the keys to heaven and hell in his hands. Like, we, we, we agree on this. Like, I mean, think about this. Like, uh, my Methodist friends that are in the room right now, y'all don't believe in, uh, you know, submersion with baptism. You do the sprinkle game. That's fine. That's good. Uh, my Pentecostal friends in the room, y'all, the snakes, you know, sure. Um, my... My, you know, all of us in here, Protestants for the most part, you know, you don't recognize the Pope as a religious authority. That's fine. That's good. My Baptist friends in the room, y'all don't recognize each other at the liquor store. That's fine. You know, we, we I'm a Baptist, you know, like uh, it's, you know, we, that's, that's kind of how it is. We disagree on all kinds of sorts of things, right? All sorts of stupid stuff. But you know what we all agree on is Jesus Christ is the greatest of all time. He's the son of God. And if you believe it, well, that tells you really all you need to know about God. Because what we tend to do is you, you get all kinds of frazzled because of the way you lived this week and things you've done. And is God mad at me? Is God angry? Is God, I need to fix this. I didn't give this month. I didn't change this. And you, you get all sorts of ideas in your head about who God is. And the book of Hebrews, I mean, when you look at this here, it's telling us exactly who this God is. It's saying, if you want to know who God is, look no further than Jesus Christ. The search can end. You can stop asking the questions. You can stop, you know, looking at every kind of corner and avenue and researching things. Jesus Christ is the answer that you're looking for here. If you want to know who God is, look no further than Jesus. You know, my wife and I, we live, we live in the hood in Dallas. Um, and that's not, you know, some people want to, like, joke about that. Literally, I'm not lying when I say this. We, we have a ring doorbell, you know, where you can video. Anyway, literally a drive-by shooting happened in front of our house. Thank God nobody was injured, but we've got like the muzzle flashes from the drive-by 
on our ring door, doorbell camera. Um, which, by the way, we'll take a special offering after the service. You can help bail us out of that neighborhood. Um, so, so we've got this ring doorbell. And this dude moved into a house maybe, I don't know, four houses down from our house. Shows up at like 9.30 at night. Rings my doorbell. And he's like, oh, I know you were in there. And, uh, and so I'm looking at it. And I'm like, who the heck is this guy? Megan's like, you going to answer it? I'm like, you answer it. Like, I'm not going out there. So... I end up, you know, I walk in, I walk to the front door, and I crack it open a little bit. He's like, hey, dude, I just want to introduce myself. I'm your new neighbor. Well, I felt safe, and so um, I shut the door behind me, and he introduces himself, and he's like, hey, man, my name's Andre. I just got out of prison. He was super open with it. He was like, I just got out of prison here recently. I uh, did a stint for allegedly murdering somebody, but I didn't do it, and I was like, good. Uh, totally believe you right now. Uh, what are you doing here at 930 at night? Well, this guy, this guy, I can't even make it through this stupid story. This guy, this guy says to me, he's like, hey, can I borrow your lawnmower? And in that moment, I'm like, you know, I'm like, absolutely. Can I get you a Coke? Like, what else would you like, you know? And so I, I, I get the lawnmower for him. Well, days later, haven't seen the lawnmower. He never returned it. But we were leaving. We were walking out to our car. And Andre is walking down our street pushing my lawnmower waving at us. He literally started a lawn care business with my lawnmower in our neighborhood. Uh, and again, Megan's like, are you going to get that back? And I was like, no, I don't even like my lawn. Uh, you know, I, no, I like grass, lots of grass, let it grow. Uh, you know, I did. And you know, the reason, the reason that I feel so uneasy with him is because I'm not entirely sure if this man wants to hurt me or not. Right? Like I, I don't, from what I gather, he could be a pretty dangerous individual, right? At the minimum, I know he's a thief <laughs> and an entrepreneur. Like, <laughs> uh, I, but what Hebrews is telling you, listen to this foundations, what Hebrews is telling you is that you don't have to wonder about who God is. Look no further than Jesus, his kindness, his care, benevolence, his sacrifice, his love. He truly is the greatest of all time. If you want to know who God is, look at Jesus. So why did he do it, right? Like, why, why did Jesus, why did he, why did he just show up and decide that he was going, going to die? Like, I imagine the Hebrew church as they're reading those documents they're getting. They're like, okay, so he says he's the son of God. Like, you put yourself in their shoes for a second. Okay, this says he's the son of God. He, he let men kill him? <laughs> I guess he was like, that doesn't make sense. Like, divine is killed by mortal? That doesn't that's not registering here. So why did Jesus die, right? You ever asked yourself that? Like, I know you know, you went to Sunday school, you know Jesus died, blah, blah, blah. But do you know why? Book of Hebrews tells you, chapter 2 says this. We see him for a little while who was made lower than the angels. This Jesus. He's crowned with glory and honor because of the suffering of death. So that by the grace of God, he might taste death for everyone. For it was fitting that he, for whom and by whom all things exist, in bringing many sons to glory, should make the founder of their salvation perfect through suffering. Listen, we are about to enter into deep waters here. I'm, I'm, I'm counting on you having your thinking cap on here this morning. Listen to these words. Don't let me lose you with some of these big ones here. He says this, since therefore the children share in flesh and blood, he himself partook of the same things. He put skin on, God put skin on and came down to empathize, to sympathize with the way that you live. 
that through death he might destroy the one who has the power of death, that is the devil, and deliver all those who through fear of death were subject to lifelong slavery. For surely it's not angels that he helps, but he helps you, regular people, the offspring of Abraham. Therefore he had to be made like his brothers in every respect so that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in the service of God. He had to be made just like you to know what it was like to live and to suffer, to make, listen to this, propitiation for the sins of the people. Now, propitiation, that's, all of this hinges on that word right there. It's a big word, I know. If you went to Jinx, pay attention, okay? I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna help you learn this, okay? Listen, listen, if you're from Broken Arrow, don't be laughing at that, all right? But I like, you know what propitiation means, all right. Propitiation. He's saying that Jesus had to live to make payment for the wrath and the justice of God. Now, now you may say, well, God is love, okay, and you're right. But part of that love is justice, okay. You, you have to have a just God. You don't want a God that's not just. That's, a, that's, a, that's, a, that's the Greek gods you learned about, okay? Those, those are the ones that are vengeful and angry and, and petulant. They're children. You, no, you want a God that is just. You don't have that. You don't have anything. And so when somebody sins against an eternal holy God, somebody has to pay. And when, in our case, it's us. You sin against a perfect holy God who has the standard of perfection, you're sunk. Like, your destination is hell. There's, there's no other way around it. And you may say, well, that doesn't, that's not fair. Like, you're telling me if I live like garbage for 80 years, that's worth an eternity of suffering in hell? And yes, I would say that's exactly what it's worth. You say, hey, make that make sense. You know, it's not the, it's not the, duration of the crime, like, oh, I sinned for 80 years. It's not the duration of the crime. It's the severity against the, the, the dignity of the one that you committed against. Let, let me explain. Like, let's just take the same offense and just extrapolate this out. Like, you know, one day you mess up. You kind of, you lose your cool. You know, you're watching a Sooner football game and they end up losing. What's new? And there you are. There you are. And you get so angry during this Sooner football game that you punch a wall. Oh, you're so mad. You know what you gotta do now? You gotta repair the wall, right? You just, you punch the wall, now there's a hole and you've gotta pay the price. You gotta, you gotta fix this hole. Okay, let's take the same offense, all right? Let's say you're walking in your neighborhood one day and you see somebody and they're walking their cat and you hate cats. It's fine, it's good, it's justice in fact and you punch that cat as hard as you can. <laughs> You know what you got to deal with? you got to deal with an angry owner after that. Like you did the same offense that you did to the wall, but now the price you've got to pay, you gotta, you got to deal with the owner, right? Well, then the owner smarts off to you, right? And you find out that they like Honey Nut Cheerios or something, and you are a Cinnamon Toast Crunch disciple, and so you just smack them. You do the same exact thing. You know what you got to do? you got to deal with the police after that, you know? Same offense, but against another level of dignity. Like you hit the wall, you hit the cat, you hit a person, well, when the police show up, you try to punch a police officer, they will shoot you dead, dude, all right? Like, you mess with somebody of a higher level of dignity here, that's trouble. I mean, think about it. If you punch the President of the United States or you punch the Queen of England, something worse than death might happen to you. You might be praying for death if you do that. The same offense against a high level of dignity will land you sunk. Now, you take that 
and you put your offenses against a perfect, holy, sovereign, eternal God. Somebody has to pay. Somebody has to pay. You have to pay. It's your fault. You, you're sunk. You don't have a leg to stand on. When the standard is perfection, you can't hope to meet it. And that's bad news. Until you realize what the book of Hebrews is talking about here. Propitiation. He died in your place, foundations. He paid the price for you. Maybe you don't. Maybe you don't feel this the way that you used to. Uh, easy to forget. Like, who grew up a Christian here in the room? Anybody grew up a Christian? Yeah, me too. Uh, and I remember learning about how Jesus died on the cross. And at one point, it really, it, it really hit me. And now, I don't really bat an eye when I hear about the cross. Cross doesn't, I know it means everything, but some days it just means nothing to me. Does anybody re- resonate with that? Like, it means everything, but it doesn't doesn't always get me. Uh, the author of Hebrews petitions us. Hebrews 2, he says this, Therefore, we got to pay attention, much closer attention to what we've heard unless we drift away from it. Because life is going to try to distract you for, with all sorts of good things, all right? Like you are pursuing all sorts of great things. You want your, uh, you want your finances to grow. That's a great thing. You want to buy the perfect house. That's a great thing. You're going to get it someday. You want the promotion. You're going to focus on it. You're going to get it someday. You want the perfect job. That's a great thing. You're going to get it someday. You want the two kids with stupid names that play travel ball. You're going to get it someday. That's fine. That's great. But if you don't pay attention, you're going to be 99% right about the way you live your life, and you're going to miss out on the most important part. You can't forget this, he's saying. It's going to be so easy for you to be distracted, for you to focus on all sorts of different things and forget Jesus at the center of it all. I don't know if you're guilty of it. I am. I've forgotten. It just doesn't hit me quite like it used to. Uh, About a year ago, my son woke up middle of the night. He had like a a hangnail on his fingernail that was bothering him. My son's on the autism spectrum, and so like little things like that can light him on fire. They just really bother him. And he had some kind of fingernail that was bothering him. It looked like, you know, some, something ingrown. And so he walks in, he wakes me up. It's like 2 in the morning, and he's got tears coming down. He's real bothered by it. He's shaking, and I did what any good dad does, and I said, go tell your mom. Go wake your mom up. And so... She walks around, he walks around the side of the bed, and he wakes his mom up, and I hear them shuffling around in the kitchen for a Band-Aid or something. I don't know. I went to sleep. And then after that, uh, next morning we get up, and I send him to school, and I get a call from the school. And they're like, hey, Zeke's nail, it looks like it has gangrene. Like it's so infected. And I was like, just rub some dirt in it. It's, it's a fingernail, my dude, right? It can't be that bad. And they're like, no, like it's, it's bad enough. Like he needs to see a doctor. And so, thankfully, we have a pediatrician that's in our connect group, and uh, we went to go see Dr. Chris Miller. Dr. Miller, good friend of mine, love Dr. Chris. He has amazing bedside manner. He's just a composed, gentle dude. And so I take Zeke, and he's nervous, and he's scared about his nail. And we walk into the office, and Chris, again, just a composed, gentle man, looks at his fingernail, and then he looks at me, and he goes like this. 
like he made the face. You know, you never, you never want the doctor that says oops or uh-oh, right? Like he, he let me know that this is not good. And so he's like, Zeke, stay right here. Let me talk to your dad outside. And so he walks out of the door and he shuts the door behind him and he says, Jeremy, this ain't good. And I like get a little afraid. Like, you know, it's his, that's his middle finger. I was like, he's going to be driving on 169. He's going to need that someday. Like, you can't, like, you can't chop that off, you know? Chris is like, no, you moron. I'm not going to chop it off. He was like, but I have to do something that is not going to feel good. And uh, he was like, I have to, I'm going to have to cut it. And so I have to cut that nail out. And I said, well, dude, just numb it up, you know, just get a needle, numb it up. And he goes, no, that's the thing. He was like, I can't. He said, I'm actually going to have to take a pair of shears down the middle of his nail and I'm going to have to cut. Now that right there, foundations, hold on to that, that. We're, we're talking about a fingernail right now. Like we're talking about a finger. But when you talk about the cross, you talk about the sinless son of God, you don't bat an eye. Oh, you know all about the cross, right? You've been through this. I think you went to Sunday school. You've thought about this a thousand times. It doesn't mean anything. No, this morning, let's feel this together. Let's remember. Let's remember. Let's remember. Would you close your eyes with me and remember that moment? You know, crucifixion is capital punishment invented by the Persians and perfected by the Romans. And its purpose was to inflict the greatest amount of pain while simultaneously keeping somebody alive for as long as possible. And there was Jesus suffering. And it was reserved for people who were categorized as non-persons, slaves, barbarians, traitors, insurrectionists, the worst of the worst. And there was Jesus among them. And the word we have in English is actually a word we have to describe the most impossible suffering. It's the word excruciating. And it comes from the Latin word excruciatus, which means out of the cross. It's barbaric. And there was Jesus. No dignity whatsoever, despite being the son of God, stripped completely naked and beaten, publicly displayed. Everybody could see him. No privacy. Crucified at the busiest intersection in town. And before the crucifixion, you know, the Romans, although they were barbaric, they were genius. They knew just how to make this hurt. And they would get the cat of nine tails, a whip with nine fingers on it. It's woven through leather, leather with pot, broken pieces of pottery and glass shards. And they would whip Jesus' precious back. And they would open up his sides. They would expose the delicate nerve endings in his rib cage and his spinal cord by ripping away at his skin with the whip. And there was Jesus, the endless, the sinless son of God, the greatest of all time, weeping. And then they would take a 200-pound roughshod wooden cross and they would place it on his back. And they would make him carry his execution device. The warrant for his death, they would make him carry it himself until his body gave out and he couldn't carry it any longer. And there was Jesus. Do you remember when they drove the nails into him? You know, they were smart enough 
to figure out that if you put them in his hands, they'll tear. And so they put the nails in his wrists. But nobody died from blood loss on the cross. People died from asphyxiation. They couldn't breathe. They would try to hoist themselves up to get a breath. And they couldn't. And so prisoners, we have record of the fact that they would try to expedite their death. And so they would swing. And they would try to dislocate their hips because their wrists were fastened to the wood. And they would try to dislocate their hips so they could no longer draw a breath. And so the Romans decided that they would cross their legs. And they would drive a nail through their feet. Sometimes their abdomen. And there was Jesus. And he would suffer for six hours until finally he would cry out to tell us die, which means it's finished. And foundations, you can look up here. He was talking about the propitiation. He was talking about the payment. He was talking about you. You can't forget it. It's too easy to forget it. Why did Jesus die? Oh, because God so loved the world that he gave his only son that anyone who would believe in him would not perish, but they would have eternal life. You know, the gospel that we're talking about here today, the gospel, it changes heaven's courtroom from judgment to an adoption ceremony. Like today, today could be your gotcha day. Today could be the day when you are welcomed into the family of God by simply believing in the work that Jesus did. You don't have to lift a finger. You don't have to work. You don't have to sweat it out. No. Jesus took care of that. Don't forget it. Would you bow your heads with me right now? Father, oh man, what beautiful news. This is why we call it the good news. We were so sunk without you, Jesus, but look, look what you did, God. Look how good you are. Right now, God, in this moment, I know that there's so many of us who have just had so many good questions along the way. Is Jesus a good teacher? Is Jesus a holy man? Is Jesus a prophet? Right now, we're just going to settle that in our hearts. For we believe that Jesus is the Son of God. Uh, Right now, if your heads are bowed, your eyes are closed, and you just kind of feel the Holy Spirit tugging at your heart, and you need to get your relationship with Jesus back on track. Perhaps you've never believed in him, and this is the moment when you'll cross that line of faith. Perhaps you've strayed for so long and you just need to return. I want to give you that opportunity here this morning in the room and online. If that's you, I'm not going to bring you up to the front. I'm not going to embarrass you. This is between you and God this moment. And like I said, this could be your gotcha day. This could be the day when you're welcomed into the family of God. This could be your spiritual adoption. And so on the count of three, if that's you and you want to place your faith in Jesus Christ, want to give you that opportunity if you'll just raise your hand. One, two, three. Don't miss it. Is that you this morning looking out? Yeah, I see you at the back. Who else? Who else? Yeah, I see you here in the middle. I need to get my relationship back with Jesus Christ, or I need to believe in him for the first time. Yeah, I see you off to the side. Who else? This is a beautiful moment. Don't be brave. This is an amazing moment here. Don't miss this. I believe You are who you say you are. Yeah, I see you off to the side here. Yeah. Jesus, I believe you are who you say you are. Would you pray this prayer? Jesus, I love you, God. I'm tired of running. 
that Jesus, I believe in you, in your sinless life, and the death you died for me. Jesus, I believe what I've heard this morning, the gospel, the good news. I want to live for you the rest of my days. God, I love you so much. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. We hope that you enjoyed this message. If you have any questions or want to reach out to us, you can email us at info at foundationschurch.tv or visit our website at foundationschurch.tv.